Welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I am Tony Serino alongside Christopher Carter, and this is your daily dose of all things Steelers. Today on the show, Chris and I are going to kind of do a news and notes episode of Locked On Steelers. There's so much we missed during training camp as we were going through recapping every day of camp. We missed some news around the NFL. So we're going to talk about Joe Hayden, where his extension is right now, what may be holding up that deal, Josh Gordon's reinstatement in New England, and the fact that the Steelers are likely now going to have to face Josh Gordon in week one. And we'll also touch on Antonio Brown, the frostbite, the helmet gate, all of that out in Oakland. Welcome to the show. You can find more of this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, the new Himalaya app, wherever you find podcasts, search Locked On Steelers, hit that subscribe button. Make sure to get your daily dose. You can follow us on Twitter at LO Steelers. You can find us on Facebook, search Locked On Steelers, hit like on the Facebook page, but make sure you also join the Facebook group. You can also find us on Instagram at Locked On Steelers. Hey, before we get going, I want to let you guys know that Chris and I are going to be doing a mailbag edition of Locked On Steelers later this week. So there's a lot of different ways you can write in with your question. You can email it to us, LockedOnSteelers at gmail.com is our email address. You can do it on Twitter. I'm at Steeler Country. Chris is at Carter Critiques, or you can message it to our uh, to the show's Twitter account at LO Steelers, or you can join the Facebook group. You'll see a post there. To, to put your mailbag question in, enter your mailbag question there, and we will answer it later this week. All right, Chris, how you doing today? Doing great, Tony. How you doing? Doing, doing very good. You know, training camp is over. I'm back home now, starting to settle in. Had actually a pretty busy weekend. You know, the Steelers played on Saturday, uh, Sunday. We did a little more more birthday celebrations. Went out to uh, to Top Golf, which was a lot of fun. So, starting to kind of settle in. How, how are you settling in after training camp? Uh, you know me. I'm uh, enjoying air conditioning. It's a good time in the yeah, air conditioning. Absolutely. I'm not walking up these hills at St. Vincent, you know, just living the life. Um, it's, yeah, I will say I miss the cafeteria food. It is such so sad that I can't eat that every day now. How many Uncrustables did you have this time? None. I, I never did the, I, I never do the Uncrustables. I do I do the, the carved meat. I do the salad bar. Uh, and then I go oh, to You were like, crushing those steaks. You were crushing the steaks. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, I love them. Oh, I mean, because like I, I try to, I try to do better when I'm on my own. Like I eat chicken most of the time at home. Sure. Um, so I was like, you know, while I'm out here, let me enjoy just this good. Because they also have plenty of fresh cut turkey. Fresh yeah. cut, like it was just. Oh, their spread oh. is great. Their spread is great. But I got to be honest with you. You know that that day we ate in the cafeteria, I I got a to go plate of just uncrustables. <laughs> that was my to go. I took I took a couple uncrustables home. I just so let me get, so let me get this straight. Yeah. You went to a buffet, yes, with unlimited steak, yes, unlimited side entrees, uh-huh. great side entrees, uh-huh. a sushi bar, yes. They have pizza. I mean, it's basically pizza. anything you want. They got. They had, they had they had kombucha there. They did. And your number, your no, and and they had like snacks and stuff. They had cookies and everything. Uh huh. So your number one thing was the uncrustables. Unbelievably good. Couldn't get enough. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, you, did you see Olive, or Olive Garden had that, like, unlimited, the lifetime pasta pass or whatever? If they had an unlimited, like, lifetime Uncrustables pass, it'd be all over it. Easy money. Easy money. Anyway. <laughs> today. This, this is why you pick quarterbacks that will not make the team. Well, we'll see. We'll see. You're probably right. But, listen, I'm riding this Devlin Hodges thing out. I might, I might, I, listen, I'm going to have to start, I might start a website for all, you know, there's, listen, Chris, there are dozens of us now, Okay. 
the amount of the amount of mentions that I get, or the amount of tweets that I get in support of Devlin. I mean, it's it's at least six, seven, eight of us out there, and I might have to I may have to start a support group or something because you're probably right. He's not going to make the roster. I'll tell you what, all me and everyone else here, we're going to be devastated, devastated when it happens. All right, so today we're going to be doing, uh, we're just going to kind of catch up. There was so much news that broke and things that happened in the last couple days and really throughout training camp um, that we need to kind of catch up on here. So we're going to go over that today. We'll start with the injury report as it stands today. Uh, So Mike Tomlin talked to the media after practice today. I guess Vance McDonald did not practice. He was asked about that, said Vance is day-to-day, but he said, quote, you know, he'll be fine is what Mike Tomlin said. You add this, though, Chris, with Zach Gentry's injury. You know, he didn't play in that game. Christian Scotland-Williamson's been out since the first preseason game with that hamstring injury. We got a a listener question from Michael on Twitter who wrote in, do you all see us making a move at tight end soon? We definitely lack depth at that position. And, you know, I I know, Chris, you and I have talked about this in the past about the Steelers, you know, making a move, especially when roster cutdowns happen or potentially making a trade right around then. I feel like this may actually have to happen sooner just because of the numbers game at this point. You you factor in the fact that Grimble didn't have a great game on Saturday night. The Steelers are now down three tight ends with, with Vance. Maybe a tight end move is coming, you know, in the next couple of days here. Yeah, I mean, I've been saying it for a while. I think that they need to go get somebody. I think a perfect candidate would be Darren Fells from the Texans. I think he, he would be relatively cheap for them to, to trade for. Um, they could probably give give one of their reserve offensive linemen that they I think they have a good stock of them right now. You know, maybe Zach Banner, maybe Fred Johnson. Um, you know, some guy that 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 they would say, hey, we we need you know somebody to help with you know the the protection of you know Deshaun Watson. Um, you know, maybe they're looking for a slot corner, and that's how you get rid of Mike Hilton and uh, you know or Brian Allen or something like that for you know for an extra cornerback. Um, but you know, Fells, you know, they need to find some more room to pay people around there and. Fells may be a guy that can fit a small hole here in Pittsburgh and work out as the good number two, and then you can unload Grimble and keep your choice of uh, Gentry or Raider or whoever. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've always said this whole time, I thought Christian Scotland-Williamson, well, I thought was would have won the battle, but that hamstring injury that's, that's kept him out a couple weeks now really has set him back. And he's also a free addition to the practice squad because this is year two of his, you know, he's on that international program. Yeah. And I think for the first two years of that, uh, you can be stashed away on the practice squad for free, get an extra spot there as a team. Um, so it seems like Scotland Williamson, unless he is spectacular over these next couple games, um, it seems like he's headed there. You know, Gentry looked like after that first preseason game, he might have the edge in that third spot. He's down with injury as well. So, yeah, I mean, definitely a tight end move is coming just a matter of time before that next tight end brought in. All right, uh, Devin Bush was back at practice today. And, and Chris Tomlin said after the game, that Devin Bush was held out of that game for precautionary reasons. Not really, this is not really a serious injury. Now he's back at practice, so I would imagine he's going to play against the Titans. Yeah, I think so. I mean, and this is this is what Tom, and this is why Tomlin held out TJ Watt for so long at the beginning of camp. There's no reason to, to put your your potential superstar linebacker at you know at risk for something that doesn't matter. So yeah, they're gonna they're gonna take him out. They're gonna take every precaution. Just relax. Let let them do what they got to do. If now if they're not playing the regular season, then we're talking. But um, right now, I, I wouldn't put any stock in that. The fact that he's back already, it also gives me confidence that you know that's what's going on with Vance McDonald. Hey, before we continue, want to let you guys know about Blue Chew, guys. Remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up, BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. 
Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready when the opportunity arises. If you could benefit from extra function and more confidence where it counts, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. Blue Chew is prescribed online. It ships straight to your door in a discreet package, so there's no in-person doctor visit, there's no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships directly, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for listeners of Locked On Steelers. Visit BlueChew.com. Get your first shipment for free when you use our special promo code Locked On. You're going to pay $5 shipping. Again, BlueChew.com, B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Use the promo code Locked On to try it free. BlueChew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. Yeah, what what about uh, Joe Hayden? You think that you think it's a similar thing with Hayden? I mean, that injury when it happened seemed like it might be. I think the Steelers feared it was more serious than it ended up being. Uh, you know, no word yet if Hayden has returned to practice yet. But you have to wonder. You know, like if he doesn't play in this preseason game against the Titans, he won't play at all because there's no way they're bringing him out there against the Panthers. So you know that this may be the next time we see Joe Hayden, maybe against the Patriots. Yeah, I think that Hayden's going to be sitting out the rest of, rest of preseason. Um, he's, he's a guy that not only do you have, um, uh, not only do, do you, do you have a situation where you need to protect him because he's, he's vital to your defense, but he knows the defense. He knows what he's got to do. You're not worried about him coming back and being rusty. Um, so, uh, I, I'd be, I'd be very, I'd be very confident saying that the Steelers are going to rest him this next game, which means he won't play and, and there's no way he was ever going to play game four. And you're just going to see him pop up in some practices the week of the Patriots game and be ready for that. Yeah. I think, I think the same can probably be said about Vince Williams, David DeCastro, Marquise Pouncey, right? Pouncey returned to practice right before camp ended. I don't think he got any snaps against the chiefs, but you have to imagine he'll be back in this game against the Titans DeCastro, probably the same thing. And Vince Williams right around there, right? I mean, if, if these guys, Probably, I think we'll all be back in this game, and if not, we're not seeing them until Week One. Yeah, yeah, I think it's just a matter. Of, a lot of these vets, they're just they're keeping their pre- they're protecting them. I mean, again, the Steelers know most of the fifty three that's that's staying here already. The last two, the last two are you know are probably going to be like you know guys that are pushing because of injuries or any last battles that they that they missed out on. Um, you know, maybe like a Tazar Skipper um, and Ulysses Gilbert, who I think had pushed himself over the top to to be the the ninth linebacker. Um, but yeah, I, I just think that they, they got a lot going on, um, yeah. that just protecting these guys for. Yeah. And I think the three veterans that you do want to see in this preseason, we are seeing, well, maybe not Moncrief yet, but I think he's going to get a bunch of reps this week, but, but the new guys that they brought in the Mark Barron, the, you know, Steven Nelson, Dante Moncrief, those guys, you probably do want to get some reps in preseason just to get them acclimated with the other players that they're playing around, especially on the defensive side with Barron and Nelson. And then on the offensive side, you know, I, I would say that I would like to see Moncrief and Ben get on the same page. But, you know, from what we saw in camp, those guys were on the same page. So that's just about putting it together in the game. Uh, you know, and Moncrief at this point is in a position where, boy, you got you got James Washington and, and uh, Deontay Johnson pushing up the depth chart. And meanwhile, he you know, his only catch so far resulted in a fumble. So that'll be interesting to watch against the Titans. Uh, the other the other young player we should talk about here is Sutton Smith. He returned to practice. At the end of the the training camp there, but did not play against the Titan or against the Chiefs. So you know he has to play against the Titans, and and there is a, I guess Chris there is still kind of an opening for him 
to to sneak onto this roster. I know you and I are big on Tuzar Skipper. Uh, Sutton's missed a lot of training camp. He's missed both preseason games so far. But if he plays this week and he plays well, I guess he could start making a case for himself with uh, for the 53 with, with the injury to Ola. I think it's still too late. Um, here, and here's why. You're looking at the roster. You say they keep nine, t- nine linebackers, right? You got Watt, Dupree, you got Chicolo, you got Bush, Barron, Williams. That's already six. Madikavich is seven. Yeah. So now you're looking at, okay, from that seven, I think they get, they're they keeping Ulysses Gilbert. I think he's looked too good in this preseason in the middle of the field with, yeah, I agree. with how fast he's gone, how, how far he's running with people down the middle of the field. Uh, and right there is eight. Um, and then, I mean, do you really keep Sutton Smith over Tazar Skipper? Um, and, and even even when he was healthy, Tony, I wasn't seeing it from him. No, uh, I, I agree with you. I, I mean, I, I completely agree. I, I think he just got gobbled up by by those tackles. And, um, you know, he's either going to have to bulk up or something because, you know, I just – I didn't – not only was he not looking good, but I didn't see a path for him to ever, you know, to ever be a, a, an edge rusher. But, it's, you know, look, we only saw him in a handful of practices. So anything can happen from here. But, no, and you're right. You know, the other the other question here is, you know what? It, all everything we're saying about Skipper and Sutton making the roster assumes that this team's going to put Ola on IR. And if they did, that would keep Ola out for half the year. I don't know if this team. You know, the question is, do you want to keep Ola out for eight games, even though he probably, with this injury, would only miss one, two, maybe three at the max with that torn meniscus? So. Um, that'll be something to watch at the end of this process. Benny Snell went down with a groin injury last week. Uh, we'll see how he does throughout the week. I know he's. I know people say he's been disappointing so far as a runner, and I and I get that he's not. You know, look, he's not going out there getting, being. You know, he's not a big chunks type guy yet. But I liked the fact that he was able to convert in short yardage. He was very good in special teams, um, and still remains good as a, as a pass blocker and out of the backfield. So uh, I, I know a lot of people are saying they're disappointed with Snell. I'm not one of those guys just yet. I like the, uh, I like Benny Snell football so far. And the other guy here is Anthony Ciccolo, another injury at the edge rush position with all, you know, you have Ola Sutton Smith down. Um, just gonna, it's, it, this just means more reps for those young guys at the, in this game against Titans, if Ciccolo can't go. Yeah. I mean, if Ciccolo's out, you know, they're going to get more looks and maybe you see some Sutton Smith with Tazar Skipper on the edge because Adini's out. Um, and, I mean, and they played Watt and Dupree for a half in this last game. Um, right, and I think that they was had to because they, they, no, they just didn't have the numbers. They didn't have the numbers, but I also think they could have pulled them earlier and let Skipper and other guys play play a little bit later. But um, but you know, I, I think that they they were saying, you know, we need to get these guys knock the rust off of them, and I think they did that. So I think you'll see them play most of the first half this time around. Um, but I, I do expect to see them testing what these guys are doing in the reserves. And uh, if if Sutton Sutton Smith would have to literally explode on the field to, to <laughs> make, make the make the case that he should make the team, um, Skipper's done consistently well. And uh, if I had to pick nine that excluded Ola Adini, Skipper would make the list way before Sutton Smith. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I guess the other the other thing to factor in there though is special teams, right? I mean, if Sutton all of a sudden were to be you know a, a darling to a guy uh, to Danny Smith, then that could be his way on. But I think that's even a long shot at this point as well. All right. Uh, Pro Football Focus put out some quarterback grades today. Two of them, very interesting. Chris, you texted me the one uh, early this morning. Pro Football <laughs> Focus has Josh Dobbs as not just the best quarterback on on Saturday, which is, okay, that's one, that's, that's one way of doing it. 
Pro Football Focus, Chris, correct me if I'm wrong here, had Josh Dobbs rated as the best offensive player on the Steelers. Yeah, that's uh, that it's a no from me, fam. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, uh, like just and, and I'm one of the guys that often steps up and says that says Dobbs was not as bad as everyone. I mean, and I got to tell you, some of the some of the tweets I get are just really aggressive. Like I just say, hey, Dobbs did this well. No, he sucks. And I'm like, whoa, whoa. Calm down, guys. I'm just saying, hey, he did this well. And when I say Mason does something well, you know, I just hear, yeah, he's great. He's the next best thing. And I'm like, okay, calm down, everybody. Um, yeah, I, I, st- I still think it's a, I still think this quarterback thing is a Rorschach test, man. You know, because I, I just keep getting weird. I'm with you, right? Josh Dobbs had two really bad throws in this game. One of them just completely inexcusable. The, the interception on the five yard line. You know, that, that and not only was it an interception in the red zone, but it flipped the field. I mean, it, that was nearly a 10-point swing. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that, that cannot happen, right? Do- Dobbs, in his third year, cannot still be making simple accuracy mistakes like that, mechanic mistakes like that. But if he hadn't, right, if he hadn't had that mistake and he hadn't had the mistake against the Buccaneers, he's clearly QB2. I mean, the throws that he's making are more impressive. I mean, the, the good throws that he's making are more impressive than the best throws from Rudolph, and I think he's, you know, he's more consistently making those throws. The problem for him is the mistakes that he makes. If he cuts the mistakes out and continues to, to look good and throws down the field, this guy's, you know, this guy's your backup. He's just got to, you know, he, he's just got to get those mistakes out of his system. And then for Mason, you know, there's a whole thread on our Facebook group, Chris, about Mason Rudolph and how, you know, he's too much of a dink and dunk type guy. And, you know, Dobbs is more aggressive, and that's what this team needs. And I know that I put it out there last week, right? I mean, I'm the one who said, I think Mason Rudolph might have been too much dink and dunk against the Bucks. I don't think that that was the case against the Chiefs, though. In fact, I went back, you know, I saw that thread, and I was like, well, let me go back and rewatch Mason. Dave. Was it all just dink and dunk? And I was, I was actually impressed at how much Mason did try to, you know, try to go down the field. I mean, look, you know, he didn't get he didn't get a lot of help. Grimble dropped one, right? Eli didn't come back to the ball. That could have been a nice big touchdown throw. He had a nice one to, to Washington over a defender in between two others. So it's, it's, it's still a strange, I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I still, there's still a lot of strange comments out there about the quarterbacks, but uh, there's no way, there's no way Josh Dobbs would not, look, he wasn't the best player out there. There were two other players that were significantly better than Josh Dobbs. And those players were James Washington and Deontay Johnson, right? I don't know how James Washington doesn't get the highest grade of anyone because he's been, he's been great in both yeah. of these games. No, I agree. He, he's been, um, He's been a guy that I'm kind of like just sitting there saying like, man, he is. I had high expectations for them, and he's exceeding them. Yeah, and that's exciting about James Washington is that he's doing all the right things, and even the little right things like the blocks that he's been throwing. Uh, we were yes. talking about that when with our grades um, during the rapid reaction. But man, uh, I, again, this is why I don't put stock in PFF grades when when they grade and they rank people. I just don't trust right. them. I will take their advanced statistics, like mm-hmm. when they calculate how many broken tackles, blah 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 blah. Whatever, sure, that's probably something. You, that's something you could just do an eye test and just check it for yourself and just log some numbers. Right. When you come up with these arbitrary rating systems that we've seen fluctuate, at seems like at, the, at a whim of opinion and just how just emotion. I've had enough of it. I don't trust PFF grades. Which, yeah, the one thing I the other thing I like about PFF is is there they do tell you where defenders lined up a lot. So you can, you know, how many times did this guy line up in the box and that kind of thing. They have a really good system for that as well. I do like that. Although I, I also will say, you know, they put out a really good article today. Um it was their their kind of pro football focus ranking of the quarterbacks of the in the year. Um you know, this was not like based on the grades, right? Because you could just go through and, and sort 
the grades if you wanted to. This was kind of more of an editorial piece. And I thought this was really well put together. Tony, um, you're only saying this now because you're not in Pittsburgh anymore and no one can approach you at training camp. Because I know where you're going with this. Uh-huh. You're just you're just prepared. You just know that no one can approach you in training camp and tell you how wrong you are to your face. Well, let me just read it real quick, and and you know we can uh, we can discuss it from there. They have Tom Brady as as number one. I think that's fair. You know, Tom Brady won the Super Bowl last year. He's just you know it's 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 just a yearly occurrence. Uh, Drew Brees number two, which I mean I was actually kind of surprised to see Brees two and Mahomes three, and then Aaron Rodgers four. But you know if we're just going off the 2018 season. I guess that's fair, although Breeze at the end of the year, you know, he really fell off statistically. Um, so it's Mahomes 3, Rodgers 4, Andrew Luck 5, Russell Wilson 6, Matt Ryan number 7, and Ben Roethlisberger number 8. And, and, you know, right there, Chris, I mean, I just I have no problem with it. Tony, <laughs> I thought you learned your lesson before. I didn't. I didn't. I did not. did not. I did not. And, you know, someone asked me during a mailbag I did it like a week ago. They said, have you learned your lesson about the whole Matt Ryan thing? I said, absolutely not. All I said about Matt Ryan is he had a better year in 2018 than Ben Roethlisberger did. And I maintain that. You said he's he's a better quarterback. That's where. Right now. Yes. He's a better quarterback than Ben right oh, now. God. See, right. saying he had a better 2018, that's uh-huh. fair. That does not make him a better quarterback. Well, I'm saying right now, if you put me, if you said you for one season, you can have Ben Roethlisberger or Matt Ryan right now, I would take Matt Ryan. Are you out of your mind? I'm not. I'm not. Ben throws too many interceptions. Show me a year where Ben throws nine interceptions, and I'll and I'll, I'll take him again. But if he's going to continue to be a double-digit interception guy, it's tough. It's tough. So, you know, look, PFF today, they're batting 500, right? The Josh Dobbs grade, come on, cool it. But their quarterback rankings, Let me edit, when they editorialize, much better job, PFF. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury that is Locked On Steelers podcast and our, list, our dear listeners, I plead to you. <laughs> as counsel here, that this man is just picking when and when, when and where he wants to like PFF grades. I submit to you that I never like PFF grades. So I ask you, dear people and listeners, who here is the biased one? Is it Tony or is it Chris? Please tweet at LO Steelers to tweet at our account and tell us who's the more biased in this situation Clearly, it must be Tony. And Tony, you can't handle the truth. You ordered the code red. Get out of here, man. I think, yeah, no, it's pretty easy, right? They're, uh, they're, I like their articles when they agree with my opinion. So uh, it's pretty much, <laughs> pretty much how it works. That's a great, that's a great quote. I, mean, I like their articles when they agree with my opinion. That's a great quote right there. All right, uh, moving on here. The Joe Hayden extension still in the works. Drew Rosenhaus has been seen uh, around the Steelers. I think he was at the game, maybe, uh, on Saturday. So uh, they're, they're still working on the extension with uh, for Joe Hayden. Uh, Joe Hayden saying that he's optimistic. He said, quote, I'm still optimistic. We've got until September 8th. It's something I want to get done for sure. You know, they, they, this, this team still has three weeks to get this deal done. But, I mean, Chris, you and I have talked about this in the past. It is... It is essential that they do. I, I, I think this probably the sticking point in the deal itself is the fact that the Steelers are going to want to lower that initial cap hit this year and then get some money in future years. And given Joe Hayden's age and the fact that you know if he does drop off and play, you know the Steelers, you know if they, if they work this deal out a certain way, they could cut him. Right? I'm sure that's not what Rosenhaus wants. That's not what Hayden wants. So it's kind of a, I think this is probably going to be a tricky deal to put together. 
Yeah, I think it's it's going to be interesting. The Steelers also have to consider other guys that they're trying to sign right now. Javon Hargrave, chief among them. Um, you know, you're still looking at Sean Davis, still looking at Bud Dupree. If he has a big year, you know, do you want do you let him go? Um, a, lot, a lot of questions there with Joe Hayden, um, and uh, it's gonna it's gonna be some tough decisions. I think they're gonna try and protect him though, at least for two more years. Um, he still looks the part of being a guy, and you still don't have a true number one corner behind him. Justin Lane looks way down the line in, in development if he if he comes into being a superstar cornerback someday or even just a good starter. Um, so, yeah, right now I think Joe, Joe Hayden, he kind of has a lot of leverage in this situation. They're going to have to uh, yield to his demands. Uh, you know, not all the way because I think Joe Hayden will give him a break, but um, I do think he's going to get a hefty deal. Yeah, well, you know, uh, it's, it's funny. Speaking of Justin Lane, I think PFF had him ranked as the best defender on the Steelers on on Saturday. So, um, yeah. So, so that's, that's that's one one in three, right? So, right. so maybe they're just bad. They're bad. They're batting three hundred. Okay. Which still good. I mean, listen, still it's still not. It's not bad. You know. Uh, all right. Uh, what else we got here? Oh, Josh Gordon was reinstated, and, and this really matters because the Steelers are going to face Josh Gordon here in a couple weeks now. So the question was, you know, you know Josh. Well, okay, and I agree with you. I agree with you. Uh, I'm not. I I don't. I don't. Well, I think they probably will. Right. It's the same. It's a very similar situation to what happened last year, which is that Josh Gordon got reinstated, and he just thought. I mean, look, and, and you hate to say this about the guy, but it is. It is just kind of a matter of time with him. Yeah. Um, and that's why I. You know, I don't really understand a lot of the excitement. I mean, look, I'm excited if he has turned his life around. If he has, you know, if he has gotten over this. But you know, this feels so similar to you know, Steeler fans can relate with the Martavis situation. Right, which just kind of felt like that was in, you know, an every year type of thing. Um, so the Steelers are likely face Josh Gordon in Week One. Now, how long will he, you know, he actually be on the team? Who knows? You know, Josh Gordon was on the Browns last year in Week One. Really, was a non-factor in that game, other than the 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 huge touchdown that he scored that I believe tied that game late. Um, so, Chris, you know, Josh Gordon. Should, are, are Patriots fans right to be as excited as they are about what he brings to that offense? I mean, this is a guy that's been away from the, the team and away from the league for so long, you know, the kind of stops and starts of his career. I know he was very, very good early in his career, but you know, this guy just hasn't played consistently in so long. I mean, he's an athletic talent. Uh, he's shown he can do well, but, I mean, I don't know how you can realistically be uh, be excited without the without a sense of dread that this is going to implode before it gets better um you know yeah and you root for guys to get to be able to beat their own their own self problems like like josh has had and i i I root for him to overcome that as well but you gotta ask the the question like you know how long is it before this this happens again i I also find it interesting that he he was serving a quote-unquote indefinite suspension He's already missed what two years for suspensions, and now all of a sudden he's lifted after this one. I- I'm so confused by the NFL standards of what you know when you're supposed to suspend somebody and for how long. And now he's all of a sudden ready again. And I'm just like, I don't understand how their how their punishment system works. But no one does. It- it's it's even more confusing than the catch rule was a few years ago. Um, and I imagine, and and maybe it'll be a, a fun debate of what's more confusing: NFL suspension. Uh, you know, uh, prognosticating or guessing what what are what will and will not be past interference on replay. Um, so, oh goodness, yeah, I, I just uh, it just seems like another situation with the NFL is just kind of wild. Um, if I'm the pay, uh, but I understand the Patriots fans' feelings. If I if, if I've been rooting for that team 
for the past 20 years of my life, I've known nothing but riches and treasures. And I, and like, you know, things, even when they go wrong, they go right for you. Like, you know, you get, you get taxed a, a, a draft pick because you got caught cheating. Oh, we get more draft picks. Uh, you know, you, 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 you get caught for a second thing, you know, where, where it's obvious that you've been cheating. Oh, and everyone kind of brushes it aside and says that it's, you know, there's, it's, it's the Patriots. The, yeah. I, if I'm their fan, I feel like there's, there's no, there's no silver bullet that can take me down. Um, but that being said, I, I, I think they need Josh Gordon to come through in this offense because uh, I'm not sorted in kill Harry being a star just yet. And uh, just coming out there and balling, um, you know, Edelman's got a broken hand or a broken wrist or whatever. Yeah, I think he just got cleared today, too. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, it's going to take some time for him to get back. Um, they don't have Rob Gronkowski anymore. And honestly, I mean, if you look pa- back at the last couple games against the Steelers, Gronkowski was the only thing keeping the, the Patriots afloat. Um, and outside of him, um, you know, they, they've really struggled. So I, I think that this is uh, – I think this is good for the Patriots. I understand why that their fans are excited. But I, if, if, I'm, if I'm anyone else, I'm looking at this like I, I don't believe it until I see it with Josh Gordon. It's a good point about the length of his suspension because I'm looking here at his game log. So yeah. he actually did play in that Steelers uh, Patriots game a year ago. He had two catches for 19 yards in that game. Um, so I, I didn't even remember that. But but that game was week 15, right? And he got suspended or he left the team right after that. So his suspension was what? One game? One regular season game? And then I guess he got suspended over the playoff games. So his suspension was what? Five or six games? I mean, isn't Martavis out for the year again? With his suspension? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I don't understand. You're right. The NFL, I mean, you know, this is not surprising in any way that it's just kind of willy-nilly with their suspensions. Um, you just look at the Tyreek Hill situation versus uh, Jerron Reed on the Seahawks, and they, another one just makes no sense. All right. The other thing we need to talk about here is Antonio Brown. And this one, oh, it's a weird one. The, the frostbite situation would seem like it was crazy enough, and then you, you actually saw the pictures of the, his feet, and it's disgusting, and he show, talks about it on on hard knocks and but then the helmet you know this whole helmet gate happens and by the way this is still going on right before we hit record tonight pro football talk put out a tweet saying per source antonio brown has filed a new grievance against the nfl over its attempt to prevent him from wearing any uh shoot error advantage helmet less than 10 years old This story, Chris, has taken so many weird twists and turns with AB, and not surprisingly, but he doesn't, he's not showing up to practice because of this helmet thing, and it's gotten to the point where Mike Mayock, the general manager of the Raiders, had to put out a statement yesterday saying you're you're either, you know, it's time for him to be either all in or all out. Then he returns to practice, uh, and, and now he's got this new grievance, so who knows if he'll be back tomorrow? Yeah, that's a really, that's actually the question. Who effing knows? What? Well, oh, man, I, I'm so tired of having to deal with this. And he's not even on the Steelers anymore. Like, that's the thing. Like, like, like he's someone else. He, you don't have to report on it every day, but I'm just still just watching this every day. There's something else. I literally, I took a nap Sunday and there was more stuff about it. And I'm like, this, I can't, I just can't take it. Yeah. But, but that, but I, I think every day the third and fifth round picks look, look better and better that the Steelers got back. Yeah. From. It, really, I mean, it really does. Uh, and, and, and again, you know, Adam Crowley said this, I think, really well on ESPN. He said, um, he said, he said, I, he's like, the Steelers definitely made the right move to get rid of Antonio Brown when they did. But those who say that they should have gotten rid of him before or tried to rein him in before are completely wrong because he was still a, a supreme playmaker that was the best player on the team and, and carried the team several times. Um, you know, so I, I think that, I think that still 
with with all this, I think that the Steelers made out ha- handsomely, and especially with the way Deontay Johnson looks. Um, but uh, but geez, if I'm the Raiders, what, what am I sitting here thinking? Like, I really just took Martavis Bryant off the Steelers and handed them Mason Rudolph, and then the next year I, I took Antonio Brown Brown off their team last this year and handed them Deontay Johnson. So. And Zach Gentry. And Zach Gentry. But but here's the thing, you know, Zach Gentry. That that's like that's like that's that's something else. You know, I understand a fifth round pick, but an early third round pick that was practically a second, and you got a receiver that looks really good already, and and, and isn't well. And it also it also allowed them the the draft capital to feel like they could trade away a third round pick to go get Devin Bush. Yeah, yeah. So if, if, yeah. if I'm the Raiders, I don't know how I don't feel duped. No, absolutely, and, and you know, I, I'm. I think the nice thing here is that you know we we don't. I mean, we talk about we'll talk about this now because it, it is it's you know it's an A B story and it's crazy, but it is it is so nice to not have to talk about this day after day. All right, and then we do have a listener question uh, that Joe wrote in on Facebook. He said, "So I just heard the podcast. How come Player of the Day was not Bud Dupree? His first step and awareness was amazing to watch all night. Uh, James Washington was balling out though." Deontay Johnson can't get it. His head took too long to get into the game with the, uh, he almost muffed that punt, or he did muff that punt. Now, the reason why I gave it to Johnson over Bud is because, look, I, I'm not, I'm not just, I'm just not going to give Bud Dupree, I'm not going to give any veteran a player of the game award in preseason, right? Especially a guy like Bud who's been, you know, he's been in the league, this is what, his fifth year now. I've seen Bud Dupree have good regular season games before. So I'm glad that he had a good preseason game. I think that's a confidence builder for him. But I need to see him doing this in the regular season. And, and, and the other thing here is, look, he did this against second stringers at some point, right? The, the the Chiefs took their first string offense out, put their second string offense in. But the Steelers kept their first string defense out there, or their first string edge rushers, because they just didn't have the numbers there. So I'm not going to give it to Bud, even though he did have a very, very good game. I need to see him doing that in the regular season. And then for Deontay Johnson, look, I honestly, I didn't even think about the punt return when we were giving out player of the game because it doesn't really matter to me, you know? And I know this is kind of grading on on a curve or kind of excusing it, but, you know, for these punt returners, they don't get these reps in practice. It's one of the things that kind of caught me off guard last year when I went to training camp for the first time is how little live drills they do for the special teams. I mean, it's almost none, especially for these return guys. So if you want to win the punt return job, you're winning it in these preseason games. And there's only four of them, and they're you know you're, you're only how many punt returns are you going to get in a game? And then if if you're only getting it at half, like Johnson only got the first half of this game, then Spencer came in in the second half as the punt returner. You've really got to go out there and make a splash in those limited reps, and so you're incentivized in that way to not fair catch it. And that was really the egregious thing that Johnson did, right? He should have fair caught it. He didn't. He got hit as he tried to catch the ball, and he muffed the punt. I don't really blame him for that, to be honest. I mean, it's just it's kind of the the, the stupid situation that they put these returners in. So um, that's why I didn't that's why I didn't knock him for that. I'm not going to knock these returners for that. I understand what's going through their head. They want to make a play, and and you know that they, they got to go out there and do it if they want to win the job. But Chris, what did you think about Deontay Spencer and, and the uh, the muffed punt? I thought they, I mean it's it's typical what what they did. I mean, don't forget Johnny Holton took a, a kick return out from nine yards deep. <laughs> right, exactly. This this is just they got to show. And the coaches even tell them, don't be afraid to show us what you got in these games. It doesn't matter. Just protect yourself at all costs. So not 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 swollen by that at all. I thought he was he was impressive in his receiving game. And it was his first time returning in the NFL. Give him a break. 
let him let, 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 let's see what he does in the future. I still think he he's going he's either way he's going to be on the roster, so he's going to have the time to learn how to be a better returner. Yeah, one of the things I want to talk to you, we'll have to do on a future podcast because we're running out of time today. But one thing I do want to talk to you about, you know, before the season starts is kind of how, you know, the Steelers have a good problem right now at wide receiver, which is that, you know, you know Juju's going to be featured heavily in this offense. I, I'm still a believer in Dante Moncrief as the number two, but then you've got, you know, you've got uh, James Washington right there. You've got, now we've got Deontay Johnson, you know, playing really well in preseason. You don't forget about Ryan Switzer and Eli Rogers. Those are two players that are proven in the regular season. How are the Steelers, I mean, how are the Steelers, there's, just doesn't feel like there's, you know, there's only one ball, and yet you've got six receivers who you can make an argument you want to see in different formations. I do want to have a conversation with you at some point about how the Steelers can deploy all of the different receiving talent that they have, and, and I guess, you know, it could be that there is no Eli Rogers and there's a Deontay Spencer or something like that at some point, but it uh, feels like the Steelers... You know, I think I think it was we had a listener question back in the day, uh, back in the in the off season, where they said, you know, the, it feels like the wide receiver room is loaded. It does kind of feel like the wide receiver room is loaded right now, doesn't it? It does. I mean, and I mean, I, 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 we were talking about we were talking about this all all off season. How confident are you about Juju, Moncrief, Johnson, and uh, and, and Washington as your top four? Uh, you know, and, and you're excited about the top three, but Johnson looks explosive as a top as a fourth guy. That's a lot of options, and. Yes. Um, that, that, and that alone is exciting. You still got Switzer, who you know you could throw in in a pinch. Um, and you know, I, I don't think Eli Rogers will be here after the, after the preseason. Um, but you know, so if you get a sixth guy that can add another sense of flair, why not? Um, it, it seems like a very good room to be in. The Steelers again, they seem deep all over the field. Yeah, you know, uh, Ben Roethlisberger texted Ryan Switzer during the Super Bowl when he was watching Tom Brady hit Julian Edelman throughout that game. And he said, you know, he said to Ryan Switzer, why can't this be us? And the answer, Ben, is because there's too many players above Ryan Switzer on that depth chart right now. Yeah. Also, right. also Ben, I think uh, I think you're the reason it can't be like, you're not Tom Brady. That's the biggest difference. It, it's not about Julian Edelman and Ryan Switzer. It's because Tom Brady is the best quarterback that I've seen in my lifetime. You know, it's, right. it's uh, come on. Ben. Yeah. No, I mean, listen, if it was Matt Ryan and Ryan Switzer, maybe you could. Maybe they could oh. compete. But Ben and Switzer, maybe not. All right, that'll, that'll do it. Florida. Do the Steelers play in Miami? They play, play here. They play, they play Miami out there. I might come up for that game. You never know. You oh, never great. Know. So let me know so I can, I can <laughs> you know, just meet you somewhere. And, and yeah. All right, before we go, let people know where they can find your work. As always, find me on Twitter at Carter Critiques, where I'm breaking down things. If you follow me, I will follow you back. Um, and I'm always down to answer questions in the DM. I do every day, and we have some great questions all the time. Um, we love our listeners. We appreciate all of our people um, that, that are that are fans of the show. You can also find my work at DKPittsburghSports.com, where I'm the lead NFL analyst, breaking down X's and O's in my Carter's Classroom column. I got a special on what, what, what's improved with Bud Dupree. Let's let's look up, take a closer look at some of his bigger plays and why he's doing why he did better in that game and why that might lead to more success in the year. If you check out to, uh, uh, DKPittsburghSports.com right now, we got a special 50% off deal. You can spend 20 bucks and get all of our stuff for the next year for just $20. That's good. That that's a special that's a special deal. If you want to just check us out on a trial basis, that's fine. There's a 99 cents deal. You get us for a month. If you like us, stick with us. If not. We thank you for checking us out, but I know you'll love us and what we do at DKPittsburghSports.com. That year gets you not only through the regular season, but it gets you through all the draft, free agency, all of that. So, very good deal. All right, you can follow me on Twitter at SteelerCountry. Chris and I will be back tomorrow for more Locked On Steelers.